welcome everyone to do well and do good. You're here because you have the desire to create financial freedom, but you also want to make a powerful positive impact on the world. This podcast exists to tell the inspiring stories of men and women who have achieved both, people who do well and do good. I'm your host, Dorothy Ilson, and I'm here to help you discover proof that individuals have the ability to make a massive impact. and welcome back to the show. I could not be more excited for the conversation that I'm going to share with you today with my guest and friend, Ronsley Vaz. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast since the beginning and that name sounds familiar, it's because Ronsley is the very first guest to be making a repeat appearance on Do Well and Do Good. And hang tight because I will tell you why in just a moment. But first, Ronsley is a speaker, author, and the founder of Amplify, an award-winning content marketing agency. He's also a podcaster whose shows have reached a combined 4 million plus listeners. If you want to hear Ronsley's story of going from over $400,000 in debt to running a seven-figure business in only three years, go back and check out episode 11 where we deep dive into that history. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. See, I had to have Ronsley back on the show because his latest project is something that has already had a massive impact on me, and I know it's going to be a game-changing force for a lot of you as well. See, Ronsley is the host and the visionary behind the new audio documentary, The Psychology of Entrepreneurship, where he brings to the public discussion insights from New York Times bestselling authors, founders of multi-million dollar companies, Olympic athletes, clinical psychologists, high-profile musicians, performing artists, and more to cover every perspective and angle that there is on really the inner workings of what happens in our minds as entrepreneurs. Now, as someone who's battled my own inner demons throughout my business journey and continues to, to this day, you know, I really don't think there's anything that we can do that is more impactful than critically looking at what's going on between our ears. So now before we jump in, this episode is brought to you by Needles Eye Media, the paid traffic agency that I founded to help business owners and especially digital product sellers to scale their customer acquisition with digital advertising. I bring this up because we just opened up a couple of spots for new clients. So if you're already spending $10,000 a month or more on paid traffic and are looking for the expertise and execution to help you scale, then reach out to me, head over to Needles Eye Media com or check out the link in the show notes. Now, Ronsley, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I couldn't be more excited to have you here. This is so cool because listening to you over the episodes and hearing your radio voice change is phenomenal. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh my goodness. I mean, you were episode 11, like truly one of the first interviews I did. And I actually went back and listened to that. And I was just cringing <laughs> hearing the difference between episode 11 and episode is going to be what, 115 or something like Crazy. that. So it's been a, a wild ride. Crazy. Congratulations. Cause a lot of people don't stick to that. And, um, it's, it's, you know, sometimes consistency is such a huge teacher because it, you can go back. I go back five episodes and listen to an interview that I did. And I'm like, I would not ask that question again. So, you know, <laughs> um, learning is all part of the journey. 
It really is. Well, you know, we talked a lot about your backstory on the show in episode 11. So, you know, I want to, if it's okay with you, really jump straight into what you're doing now with the psychology of entrepreneurship. Sure. I mean, I, to be honest, the reason, the main, one of the main reasons for the show is I was kind of sick and tired of having friends find this life a bit too hard for themselves. Mm -hmm. And it was becoming more of a trend that was going on around me. And it was not only friends, it was acquaintances and it was celebrities and it was people that seemed to have had it all or have it all. And it seemed like, um, for whatever reason, going through the thought process of building something, putting it out there and putting your heart on the line, uh, awakened some sort of noises in our brain that, uh, if not, I suppose paid close attention to could turn out to, we could turn out to act on that thought, which, you know, thoughts are thoughts. It, it, it comes and goes. And sometimes that thought, takes us down a path um, which we attach an emotion to and then that emotion makes us act on it in whatever way. It doesn't have to be life-ending. It can be different different ways that um, that could happen. And I just wanted to bring more awareness to that because not only did I struggle with it and, and um, still do at times, uh, but I'm a lot better at it these days. But I also noticed that uh, we were trying really hard to not be ourselves. And I wanted, I wanted to make sure that um, that wasn't the case going forward. So I think putting them all together, as well as, uh, you know, to be honest, we, we like working with uh, people who are, you know, emotionally, I suppose, a little bit um, intelligent with how things are happening within themselves. So it it all turned out to be, uh, you know, the perfect recipe, I suppose, to, to start this and it hasn't been easy, but I, I feel like it has already taught me so much. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy, but it's so important. I mean, I think kind of what you were getting at there with, you know, thoughts are just thoughts. We tend to, I mean, not just entrepreneurs, but everyone, we tend to take our thoughts as truth. You know, this is what our brain is is telling us and this is what we believe. And it's such a powerful, you know, powerful idea to recognize that, you know, our thoughts are not truth. Our thoughts are just the truth that we've decided to tell ourselves. And, and when we can rewrite that and, you know, tell ourselves, a new truth, a more supportive truth, it changes everything. But, you know, that's never going to happen unless we are deliberate about about doing it. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different things, right? There's so many different parts that make those thoughts because we forget that there's been so much training in our lives uh, from the institutions we've attended to the, the, the family setup that we've had, to the school that we went to, to the... Um, a friend circle that we had, like there's so many different things that train us in a certain way to believe certain things. Like we kind of sometimes believe that like in general, we might have an operating system running, thinking that the world is out to get us. And we, it might not be ours. It might be something that was passed down maybe a couple of generations ago that, you know, maybe your grandmother had it and they passed it on to your mother. And then your mother sort of had this internal battle within her, which sort of got passed down. And 
I think we forget that they are not ours and they're just uh, thoughts. The brain has thoughts just like the heart pumps blood and the lungs, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, breathe air. Um, So just, I suppose, understanding that a thought does not necessarily mean it's true like you mentioned is like the highlight of the show i suppose mm-hmm. so what's the common thread amongst the different conversations you know, the people that you're talking to in this audio documentary that we're so alike um and we kind of all have the same question when we're going through hard times is it just me am i broken is it just hap- is is it just me that can't figure this out? Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's, it's everyone else. And I, I think this is a good show to share this on because I've not actually spoken about this particular incident before. And I probably won't mention names, but we've had some really hard times with clients and team members, which seemed like betrayal from one angle. And you could look at it from different angles, but you could seem like betrayal and it was hard. It was extremely hard because, you know, we put a lot of effort into people. And I thought for the longest time until I had, until Rochelle caught me um, saying this to myself that I was a bad person and I was the one that made it all happen. And when she caught me, I asked her this question of like, Does, did Gary Vaynerchuk deal with this when he was building VaynerMedia? And she's like, Gary deals with this even today. And what I found really interesting was not that I asked about Gary. It was like, I just kind of wanted to not, I realized the question I asked was because I didn't want to be the fool that did it. That was, was, it was only happening to me, I suppose. I didn't want to be the entrepreneur that, didn't know how to solve this particular problem, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be alone. So I think the thread that I see the most is, um, first of all, we don't have to be alone. And for whatever reason, we feel like no one else would understand us, but everyone does uh, because it's common and we have chatter. Um, but I also see that if that noise gets too loud, it stops us from actually doing the things that we are meant to do and really push the needle because what tends to happen is we say these things that we want to do. We want to make this impact. We want to build on our passion. We want to do this and we want to do that. And then the noise gets so loud that we don't attempt it because if what if it doesn't work out according to plan? And then the internal battle gets so strong because it kind of goes, well, you told all these people you were to do it. Now you're just chickening out and you find all sorts of reasons to hide. And then that becomes a thing. So I feel like the biggest thread I see is that we're so alike, uh, especially driven people, especially creative people, especially artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just asking for help is such a huge thing. Yeah. Well, and 
also recognizing that it impacts more than you, right? I mean, if, if you do start to get in this kind of negative cycle of saying these things to yourself, you know, I, can I do this? Am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Am I, you know, whatever enough? You know, it's, if you allow that to stop you, it's not just impacting you, it's impacting all of the people that you would have touched if you had continued to keep going. You know, the, um, you know, the, the money you would have been able to donate if you're giving back through your business or the, you know, the customers that you would have been able to serve, the people you would have been able to inspire, um, you know. So I think that it's recognizing that it's not just about us um, is is a really important first step. And, you know, one thing that you have talked a lot about on the first several episodes or, or volumes, as you're calling them, of the documentary is the idea of imposter syndrome. And so I'm curious, you know, can you recall a time or, you know, an experience when imposter syndrome really happened in a big way for you? <laughs> yeah. One of about um, a million. <laughs> yeah. It, it happens quite often. And it really interestingly, it, it's such a topic that polarizes people. In fact, I, I responded to a message this morning um, that was sent from someone in New Zealand um, talking about how people have imposter mindset as opposed to imposter syndrome and and he was saying that how he did not hear the voices in his head um, and could not relate to some of the stuff and and each one has this reaction to the word imposter in particular because it's it's fake or it i think the initial idea the initial thought process that goes around the meaning of the word imposter is that it's fake um but imposter syndrome is feeling like you don't sort of deserve the stuff that's coming to you or and that comes from a huge sense of self-worth and and i'm uh want to go on record to say that i had a huge issue with self-worth um until very recently in fact um uh, not even a year ago, I weighed 15 kilos more than, than, than I weigh right now. And nothing has changed other than I'm just aware that I used to have a self-worth problem. <laughs> that's all has, that's all that's changed. Like, like, not I, diet, not <laughs> exercise. Not diet, not <laughs> exercise. I just started to love myself a little bit more, like really love myself because yeah. to be honest, if, if anyone else spoke to me the way I spoke to myself, I would never be friends with them. And um, this was more, the imposter syndrome came to play uh, when I got accepted to speak at TEDx. And that one, that's the one that, that just like stands out out of, out of everything because I've always kind of wanted to be on the TEDx stage and as an internal thing, but I never really put it out. They never told anyone. And somehow all these things came together and six weeks from delivery, I had, uh, they told me that I was going to be <laughs> delivering um, uh, my talk. And my brain made up all sorts of scenarios on what was going to happen on stage, like ridiculous scenarios, like that I would just get on stage and puke. That's never happened before. <laughs> it's never happened before. <sighs> But it seemed real when it came up in my head, you know, uh, I, I made up so many different scenarios that really crippled me in the lead up to that. 
And then I had this uh, lady, Nikki Me, who asked me like three days before the event, how's it going, Ronsley? How's the, how's the preparation going? Are you ready? And uh, I said, uh, no, Nikki, I'm, I'm extremely nervous. I, you know, even talking about it right now, like my heart's like, I'm, I, I have palpitations right now. I'm not ready. And she just like looked at me and she's like, Ronsley, it's not about you. And she said it in such a way that it hit me, but I didn't get defensive about it. Well, oh, I got defensive about it, but I could, I could feel my defensiveness. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of, then I understood, yes, it wasn't about me. It was about the message that I was trying to, and I was making this whole thing about me and how I did not belong on the stage and how someone else should have been there and how the topic should be better and how I am not a great speaker and all this kind of stuff was about me. It wasn't about me at all. And that was such a huge learning because every time now I get into that imposter syndrome mindset, I suppose, or imposter, the imposter syndrome comes out to play I just put that in perspective and that makes a huge difference. How has your perception or your, you know, kind of understanding of imposter syndrome or the way that you deal with it, how has that changed if at all through these conversations that you're having on the show? Yeah, they've changed they've changed massively because I think I understand a little bit more what was going what goes on in my head. Um, and I can separate the thought from the emotion Mm. for example like if the thought is i'm going to mess up on stage or i'm going to say something that someone is going to write this story about because it was not the right thing to say and if i think of that and my emotion immediately is oh i'm not i i I suck. I don't know what to say. And then I feel really bad about myself and that becomes a, a, a circle. So for me, the way imposter syndrome has changed is that I used to think that imposter syndrome was like this excuse that people made up mm-hmm. that, that we just didn't want to play to our strengths and, and play big enough. So we cowed down to, pressures around the world that the world put on us. But now I realize that imposter syndrome is actually so present in how we were brought up, especially if we went to school and had standardized testing, because, you know, if you didn't, if you were ranked in your class, that's, you're already starting from kind of going, I'm not good enough. Right. And I find that interesting that there's so many examples of how we compare ourselves when there's no comparison required. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm curious, one thing that I've dealt with a lot, and and it actually came up for me reading someone else talking about this, is is guilt, right? So there is a there's a photographer, an entrepreneur that I follow on Instagram who basically, you know, they they travel around to national parks and do elopements and engagement shoots and everything in these unbelievably beautiful places. And she wrote this long post basically just, you know, being really vulnerable and talking about how she 
battles depression sometimes. And then she can get herself in these spirals of feeling like, who am I to be depressed when I have this amazing business? I'm in these beautiful places. I'm literally living my dream. Like, who am I to be depressed? And, and it really, it hit me hard because I think that it's something that I deal with a lot too, where when I get really stressed out in my business, I can really spiral into these thoughts of, you know, well, this is my business. I'm dictating my workload. I'm choosing my clients. You know, I'm running the show. So, you know, who the hell am I to be stressed out when, when I'm the one who is, you know, making these calls? And so I start to feel really guilty about that when I feel like I should just be nothing but grateful for this freedom that I have and, and the, the business that I have. Has that played into these conversations at all? Is that something that you relate to as well? 100%. And, and I think the reason for those thoughts coming up is not from, it's, it's like a, another operating system that has been running. Cause you kind of look at it, you look at those thoughts and go, that does not really make sense. Like I would not necessarily think like that, mm-hmm. but then it's real, right? Because it's there, it's come from somewhere. And in the, in the most recent volume that we'll probably go out next is uh, a guy called Doug Brackman, who's written a book called Driven. And he talks about how we are like an elephant that remembers everything, right? We remember, our body remembers. And on that elephant, there's a bunch of monkeys that are sitting. And the bunch of monkeys is our mind that makes up all this chatter. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when, for example, if you have a trigger, like for example, um, Rochelle has a trigger that if I leave the house without telling her where I'm going, it's a trigger of for something else that has happened. And she gets really upset. She doesn't know how to process that. And I could have literally gone down the road to get a bottle of water. It doesn't matter where, mm-hmm. but if I've left the house, that's a trigger, right? And that has come from somewhere because something else has brought up that emotion. So that act makes us go into that again. And what we try to do at those points is we try to change the whole world around us and say, hey, you don't do this. You don't do that. Because if you do this, it hurts me. It doesn't really. I mean, if they did it without you knowing, would it hurt you? It wouldn't. So (laughs) to your point, I think what happens is we have to be aware where those definitions of certain things come from, especially when things hurt us, right? Because that could just be an operating system that has been running in the background and we don't even know it's there. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it absolutely does. I mean, I'm curious, like on the show, do you, are you guys getting into much of, you know, how to rewrite those operating systems? I mean, what, when we understand all of this, what do we kind of do with the knowledge? Well, the point of the show is really to become a student of what goes on in the mind of an entrepreneur. And that is not only from a mental, it's from every perspective, right? I mean, I just had, well, I just interviewed James Orsini, who is the CEO of Vayner, um, uh, Vayner X and, and the president of the Sasha Group, who, um, in my opinion, one of the biggest problems with entrepreneurs who start businesses or founders is it takes them so long to hand over operations to someone else. Mm. And he's done it. I mean, he's obviously been brought on uh, to, sorry, let me rephrase that. It's one of the quickest ways to grow your company is to be able to hand over operations to someone else. Mm -hmm. But there's something that happens in our brain that stops us 
from executing that or taking that leap. So I'm in the pursuit of finding out that and I'm what we're trying to do is just bring awareness around it. At the end of the day, I don't really want to take away the responsibility of the listener from themselves because it's, it's their, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I could tell everyone knows that they should eat better. Everyone knows they should run. They, everyone knows they should do all these things, but you know, if, if the will is there, you'll find a way on Google how to go and get it done. So, um, the experts suggest different strategies, different methods, different things, but they're just suggestions. Um, we don't, I, I, I want to be open from a journalistic perspective because we have no um, ulterior motive other than to present it the way we find the information. So um, that's at least the concept at this stage. Yeah. I mean, that's more than the concept. It's what you're doing. I mean, I've I've listened to, uh, I believe the first four volumes, I think there's five out currently. And, um, and it's just, it's mind blowing. I mean, they're, they're really not, um, you know, recorded like a traditional interview. It really is more of a documentary, um, you know, type of style where you're giving thoughts and then, and then hearing from the guests and, and pulling it all together in a way that, you know, really leaves you at the end of each volume feeling like you understand yourself a little bit better. At least that's been, that's been my experience. And so, you know, there are so many different, you know, topics within, uh, within the psychology of entrepreneurship that we didn't hit on. I mean, the, the whole idea of, you know, hustle culture and fear of missing out and, you know, all of these things that you're covering on the, on the show. And so, you know, really all I can say is, you know, for everyone listening to this, if there is one podcast, documentary, you know, video series, anything that I've talked about, you know, on this show before, I really don't think that there is anything that is more important and, um, you know, really more impactful for the direction of your life than understanding these concepts that, that Ronsley is talking about on the psychology of entrepreneurship. So, you know, Ronsley, for anyone who is hearing this and they're like, I need this content, you know, where can they find the documentary? What should they do next? Oh, thank you for saying that. I mean, the fact that you listened to four volumes means so much. And I was just telling James uh, Whitaker downstairs um, that, I can't believe people are listening to a volume twice. I, I, w- I would be just grateful if they listen once. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. Uh, psychologyofentrepreneurship.com. Um, and then if you put itunes.psychologyofentrepreneurship.com, you'll, get, you'll go to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, it's it's uh, on all your favorite podcast platforms. Um, and... Yeah, listen to one, see if you like it. Um, see if you understand yourself a little bit better because that's the hope is that you just be you because the world needs it. Mm. Well, if you listen to one, you're going to listen to them all. I can guarantee you that. And Ronsley, for anyone who wants to know more about Amplify and, and what you do for businesses and helping them to launch podcasts and you know really hone in on their content marketing strategy, where do they go for that? Mustamplify.com. Um, but mainly the idea around what we try to do is to make sure that people put out their voice in a way that allows them to grow, allows them to say the things that matter to them the most, allows them to make an impact, to draw the line in the sand, to kind of say, this is what I stand for. 
and I'm okay for you to criticize me because I will listen to your criticism. I will take that on board and I will better my argument. Um, I feel like we don't really appreciate the platforms we've been given and how many people have worked extremely hard to give us the opportunity to speak our truth, to be able to have the freedom of speech that we have these days. We're taking that for granted. But then if you see the people making the most impact are the ones that are not scared anymore. Are the, the, the kids, the ones that are standing out and they can't, they don't, they don't care. They don't care what you think about them. They don't give a fuck. And, and I'm not saying that that is what you should do, but I think there's an element of taking that and putting that out into the world. And even if that's to one person, uh, do that. Um, yeah. Amazing. Well, Ronsley, you are just, you're someone who, since I you know, first came in contact with you over a year ago at this point, you've been one of my favorite people to follow. I'm just so inspired by what you're doing, by the energy that you put out there. And so I really can't think of a better person to be our first repeat guest. Thank you so much for doing this with me today. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Dory, for having me on the show. So excited to do this. And um, I, can't, I can't believe I'm going to first repeat because um, you're just such a different interviewer from episode 11. And uh, I wish you so much luck going forward. Thank you. All right, everyone, that's our show. Now, before I sign off, I want to genuinely thank you for giving me this gift of your time and attention. If you are getting value from the podcast, the most helpful thing you can do is leave a five-star review and share this with your friends. It truly means the world to be able to spread this message with you. And I'm so grateful for your help. So with that, I hope this episode has inspired you to go out there and do well and do good. And I'll see you back here next week.